Hello and welcome back to the Mindset Podcast and this is your host Alex Muir and in today's episode our special guest is Alex Adams. Now Alex Adams I used to go to school with, uh, we were former ath- uh, we were former colleagues together in, sc- in high school, um, he's a former football player and he he told me a story about how he overcame a major uh, knee reconstruction surgery most recently. So this episode goes into detail of how he overcame his knee construction surgery, what he's been doing to help rehab it, and how he has been coping with this current pandemic that we've been having. So, you know, with with the challenges of having an injury, plus not being able to go to the gym, it has its challenges. And then we go into depth into his current career, um, some of his work experience, and, you know, kind of talk about our relationships as uh, former uh, colleagues and and you know, uh, uh, like gym partners in the gym when we were in high school, and just our our thoughts on you know fitness, nutrition, and and life, and and uh, our uh, philosophies about life and our thought process. So, hope you guys will enjoy this episode. This is episode twenty one of uh, of this of this season. So, hopefully everyone enjoys. And welcome, Alex Adams to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com, the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. Adams, colleague of mine, we used to go to school together um, back in high school, way back when, back in 2011. Now it is. Or, or 2012 has been a yeah, long I guess time. You graduated um, in 2011. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how, how many years old, old uh, younger are you again? Just or the older? Year. Just oh, the year. year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just nice. Yeah. 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 And we, uh, yeah, we went to school together. Um, he's a former athlete or still, still is an athlete because you, some ways, you yeah. yeah, yeah, you play football and stuff like that. Oh, all, t- all sorts of sports. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like I remember way back when, um, you know, it was me and North. We were we were pumping oh, yeah. pump iron. We started get really serious, and I saw you and your buds and your brother in there all the time because you have to oh, train yeah. no, no, all the time for football. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like we started to connect, and uh, I didn't know you at the time. And North kind of introduced me to you guys, and uh, we we got we were some PE together too. Quite a few yeah, years. we were. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and we had an incredible um, incredible you know camaraderie, and uh, you know with with your group of friends and mine and. We just, that's all we did. We just trained and ate, you know, oh, well, just mountains there. of food and, and mountains of training, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I think we uh, instantly connected just because we got along and we had similar, I think, attitudes towards life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest thing we have in common is like that continuous pursuit of growth, mm-hmm, per- pers- pursuing growth and wanting to improve, um, wanting to be better every day. And, uh, you know, make, make tomorrow, uh, yeah, we get, get better, um, get better, you know, then be, be, be better the next day that you, the one then you were the previous day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one big thing I wanted to talk to you about, which we just mm-hmm. briefly touched on before the, our, uh, at this episode started was how have you been overcoming this significant knee injury of yours? Cause I know you must be, you must be, you must've been 
you know, pretty choked when this happened because I believe oh, yeah. you. Told it's a lot. There's actually a lot more to just the knee injury. There was it was a cascade, or if not a waterfall of injuries. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe maybe for our listeners, if you can go into depth on that, because yeah, because so, I know, yeah, yeah. So about two weeks after my twenty first birthday, I was uh, playing up in Kamloops or Kelowna, one of those two cities. And it was at the BC Lions practice facility, and it was a junior football game, which is like the tier below college here in Canada. And I got blindside block on the opening kickoff by two uh, opposing players, and my leg planted and twisted in the ground and snapped. I thought I broke it, but I didn't, me being kind of stubborn and kind of tough, I didn't stay on the ground. I kind of just shrugged it off and said I'll deal with it on the sideline. So I literally walked off the field with no help at all. Once I hit the sideline, um, I settled in, everything kind of hit me, my knee started swelling up, I started talking to the team um, physicians, and it was just a lot to, a lot, it was pretty overwhelming, and then I knew I couldn't continue with the game, so I went back to the change rooms, and dealt with it kind of on my own, and then, um, I was left with the decision, do I, because the game didn't end till about 12 o'clock at night, so I was basically left with the decision, do I go to the emergency hospital, at 12.30, 1 o'clock at night, all by myself in Kelowna, with no help, no contact, no one at all? Or do I bite bite down, bite the bullet, and just go on the 16-hour bus ride back home to the island and just deal with it later on? And that's what I did. So it was a pretty painful and challenging night overall. Wow. That sounds intense, man. Oh, yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, that, that sounds very similar to when I was playing lacrosse and my, uh, I remember it vividly in my head. Um, I, I didn't get injured, but I was absolutely flattened in a game where, cause the only time people would tag me cause of my speed was, was when I, the second, the split second that you don't look right. Oh, absolutely. And that's, another, and that's another thing I remembered about you. You were one of those guys we always wanted on the football team, but just never got around to it. You're yeah. Like, you're one of the athletic guys in high school, right? That we wanted on the football team, but it just never kind of happened. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And I was, I was definitely asked like a few times and I, I definitely really thought about it. Um, but I was just so committed to, you know, trying to give basketball a shot. Cause mm-hmm. I loved like from grade six onwards, I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, I, I got to try basketball because I was just obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And even though I was doing lacrosse and soccer, um, I really enjoyed those two sports a lot. But it just got to the point where, you know, you know, if you're committed to something for so many years, you're either going to take it all the way or something's oh, yeah. blocking you. You're blocking you from... in it, right? So, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I'm like, okay, I have to make a choice. I have to commit to, I have to start cutting some because it's just taking so much of my time up. And then I just decided to really focus on basketball for a little while, or it was just down to just basketball and soccer because I was just done with lacrosse. Because lacrosse is an amazing sport, but there's not a lot of opportunity in it. No, I, and, I totally get that. Yeah, especially yeah, in yeah, Canada. Exactly. Yeah, and like as you know, like you know, all I wanted to do was just be in high school. I was just like obsessed with just being the best athlete that I could be. Mm-hmm. and it's the best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And at, at that time, it was just it was all about sports. I, I knew I want to go to college, but I knew that, you know, as long as I, it was like in grade 11 when I had the epiphany, I'm like, yeah, I need to line up college opportunities. 
Mm -hmm. I was just like, like yourself, I was just yeah, always you put, like, you got to start putting things in order. Or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm a little anal when it comes to planning <laughs> and I like to, I have a tendency to plan one to five years down the road. Like I try, I try and have a vision as much as possible because it just gives you that, um, it feels like it gives you leverage. Yeah. Puts no, you ahead absolutely. of the curve. I totally get that. Yeah. And in a way, Having a pandemic like this, as tough as it is for a lot of people, people are going through financial turmoil, relationship turmoil, everything. Um, everything. Like every, everything's kind of hit, hitting the psychologically fan. Psychologically challenged in a way that's unusual to their norm, or their, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's so unfathoming to so many people. There's it just kind of hit them like a ton of bricks. They're like, oh my god, like very this sudden is for some. Yeah, this is new. Mm -hmm. So. In a way, it's like um, mentally, I feel I was very prepared because I had already been laid off my job before, and I'm glad that I did get laid off because it would have been become more of a shock um, if I didn't go through that experience before. Similar to me, yeah. I yeah. I didn't get totally overwhelmed by it at all because of all my previous like I would say setbacks and injuries and other times I've been laid off or whatever you whatever you want to call it. So it was not like an entirely new experience for me. Where other people, I can see it was just a complete brick wall or just oh yeah, from what they're used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel. Do you feel that challenges such as these they really? Well, they're a good test. They're, they're a good, good test for people. They're good. Yeah. They're they're a good test of your mental uh, fortitude, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just some people are like. Some people are hardworking, but when they're left to their own devices, they can't be, they're not that proactive slash creative. Yeah. So it's, it's challenging in a different way in terms of not having to work, but also ultimately having the opportunity to work on yourself. So. No, exactly. And I feel this downtime, because I was, I was off for uh, two months, mm -hmm. it gave me so much time to really think about, okay, what, is, what do I want my next business moves to be or, or growth, business growth needs or what do I want my next, um, you know, personal, interpersonal needs to be? No, absolutely. You know? I think it, it gave a, a lot of people finally the opportunity to reflect, think and pause. What is it I really want and what is next for me? Where a lot of people, they just go off of momentum, but it's not necessarily good momentum. It's like just carried momentum from all the external stresses of life and all the strings that are being pulled by others. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I especially feel for those people with families because I know, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I can't say from personal experience, but, you know, from seeing people that are going through through this with families, it's they're saying it is much more challenging. And yeah, well, and, their, rhythm, their rhythm, their their work with rhythm, their it's all out of sync. Rhythm, yeah, it's all out of sync. Absolutely. And it's it forces you to be creative. And some people just haven't have been able to do that in their entire life or they just never was asked of them. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's like this pandemic has has in a way created the creative time space for people. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And um, one of my other questions for you was, uh, no, uh, you know, knowing that you've you've gone through some challenging setbacks and painful events, how has the current pandemic shifted your mindset with having less access to resources potentially? I 
I mean, it was like, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, in terms of how it affected me immediately right off the bat was I was only three months post-total knee reconstruction. So I had my um, ACL redone and both my sides of my meniscus remodeled because they were uh, completely uh, ruptured and destroyed and all that. So I was I was in the thick of it in terms of my rehab. I, I had all of my jobs. I got time off of all of them. So I was basically training three times a day, including physiotherapy. So let's say four four times I'm in the gym a day. And then I'm eating in terms of how it's going to affect me. It's a really well-designed diet. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, extracurricular stuff like acupuncture, uh, what's it called, uh, the thin needles, um, IMS, and then a lot of uh, what's called uh, TENS units. Like, I, basically, my whole objective was for the next initial five to six months just to hammer away at my rehab and not be interrupted for once in my life. But this <laughs> virus was just another, you know, challenge. But once I settled in, probably two, three weeks into this quarantine or lockdown, you want to call it, I realized, well, look, you're going to have to find some way to train, still work on the things that the ACL and all that, the all the process of rehab that I'm, the, all the steps I'm going to have to take, I'm going to have to do them to the best of my ability with whatever limitations I have. But at the same time, I can also l- work on things that I thought I had to push back. So, like, for instance, I was studying my CCS, which is my Certified Strength and Conditioning um, Certification. So now I was able to start reading now instead of later on in the year where I was going to put it to the closer near end of my rehab. But now I can get ahead of my reading. Um, Just listening to more things, more podcasts, reading more books, buying more books. So knowledge is power. So with all this downtime, you got lots of opportunities to learn more. And to try more, obviously. And then um, four, six, oh, four, probably like a month in, I realized, well, you know what? You haven't really explored the island that much. So I basically decided, look, I'm going to start hiking. I'm going to start hitting trails because like, I need to start jogging again. That's a, that's a low-impact form of phys- physiotherapy for my legs. So st- taking lots of steps, going on an- uneven ground works my balance without, needing, without being in the gym. So basically, the restraints physically I was having to overcome, I just utilized a way that was more adventurous in terms of like physical, it, it, it was a way to like touch my physical, um, it's called stresses I needed to impose on my body, but at the same time have fun and like do things I hadn't done in a long, long time, so several years. So like adventure, explore, hike, jog. And then one thing that really kept me honest to myself, because I like finding, I want to be consistent, right? So one thing is I started re- uh, reading into steps per day and how they have a long-lasting effect on how long you live and your longevity. So the average person who lives 75 to 65 years old gets approximately 10,000 plus steps in a day. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound too difficult. And then I recorded my steps a couple days in a row and realized, whoa, I am way off the path of what I want to be in terms of like physical activity. So I got a good app, got a counter, started calculating my calories and my steps. And then I 
started going made a list of places i want to hit every single day if not every other day and it's been like history since i just basically hike every day now and try to explore the island and get as many steps in yeah that's incredible man that's my that's how i basically dealt with the whole coronavirus that and like all the other things i previously said with the reading the writing and trying to get a workout here and there but there's only like i'm a naturally pretty strong guy so in order for me to stimulate my body it needs the load needs to be pretty significant and there's only so much you can do with like a couple dumbbells a stationary bike and a couple kettlebells no for sure you are definitely a little bit limited and uh, it's all about challenging the body and speaking of challenging the body like that's that's pretty incredible like the the transition you go from like you know full-on weight training you get your injury and then you're going straight to doing you know um outdoor hiking stuff. hiking yeah. yeah outdoor stuff and it's it's awesome it's oh, and, like you've it transitioned so to more endurance type stuff oh yeah and that's another thing i was so surprised because i'm always fat like like yourself i'm always wanting to find new challenges and i didn't realize in the first week of like doing a hike every day or getting a couple kilometers in every day how it's a different form of cardio because i can ride a bike for hours but in terms of scaling a mountain or running or jogging downhill or doing crazy crazy unbalanced and unmaintained trails how it affects you physically it's a different type of cardio it's a different type of stimulus so it was uh i definitely have adapted and it's gotten easier as i as the days and the weeks go by but yeah i definitely didn't think i thought it was going to be kind of a walk into the park at first and then i realized it's totally not (laughs) it is it it challenges your mind man oh yeah and the things it does and one thing i'm huge into is strengthening your feet and man Mm. like if people got one thing i would definitely say if you think you got weak feet like people who have arch issues and like have back problems and hip problems go out and do a bunch of trails that the surface is completely uneven and it's cost constantly asking you to uh watch your footing and just strike properly and just be upright and and maintain your overall coordination and balance and man you will you will feel physically structurally stronger after a week or two wow and when you're doing these hikes, what kind of shoes are you wearing? Are you wearing runners or are you wearing actual wearing hiking boots? Reebok Nanos, which are terrible. They're CrossFit hybrid weightlifting shoes, but I own several pairs. So that's if I if I had like those um really good hiking shoes that with like the splits in the feet, I'd wear those. But yeah. I just never invested in a pair. So I, bas- <laughs> I basically like I go on these trips and some of these are like almost nearly five star rated hikes. And I yeah. see people with the, the the pikes and the backpacks and the water resistant clothing and they got bags and food and rations and i'm just showing up in a hoodie shorts sometimes not even wearing socks and just rocking my my bluetooth headphones and i'm just out there for five six hours wow that's awesome man and would you say all that nature bathing they call it uh getting getting out in 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 nature and being around lots of green and lush has helped you kind of been uh more meditative when your recovery absolutely absolutely it's nature i like i'm a naturally pretty calm person in terms of self-control and like the ability to reflect and self-meditate but when you're out there in nature the sound is different it kind of makes the the loud because i like to say i like to say that the world is noisy even in the quietest places because you can be in a in your room alone and you just still can't shut it all off because you just you just went from 
hearing cars, hearing people, hearing television, hearing electronics all day, and you're sitting in a dark, pitch black room with nothing running, and you still can't, you know, find peace, especially mm -hmm. before bed. But then you go outside, and you're hearing birds and chirping, and you're hearing the wind move the trees, and all these natural sounds, and all how it all just echoes, and all of a sudden you just find total peace and clarity in your thought, and everything, and you, it just you have your ability to hear and listen to your own thoughts, and like work through them all it's so much better and all it takes is you're going outside you're not going yeah. you're not booking a flight or anything like that you're not you're not in a float tank you're, you're just outdoors probably you know hundreds of miles away from anybody so yeah no it's pretty incredible and do you what would you recommend to someone that's trying to improve their physical fitness they've mastered the weight training they're really good at you know i know there's not a lot of access to weights right now if, if people mm -hmm. don't have them right now but let's say someone's like they've they've really spend time building the foundation and the necessary tools with their physique and their nutrition, but they're just trying to improve upon getting more, getting outside, getting outdoors, going on hikes. Just, yeah. I would just find forms of physical, um, stresses out in the outdoor, in terms of the outdoors, just find places where a lot, a lot of unbalanced ground, you might have to get on all fours occasionally. And then just it's just training you to carry your own body weight, which a lot of people don't actually do on a daily basis. Because lifting weights is one thing, but to physically propel your own body, other than running, for several minutes, if not hours at a time, continuously, there's no other better way to do it than like hiking a mountain or climbing up rope or uh, swimming. So, yeah. Right on. And what is your current uh, morning routine? If, you know, whatever you do, if you have a routine within the first 60 to 90 minutes of when you wake up to when right. you go to bed? Um, in terms of like what I consistently do, it's I almost eat the exact same thing every day. But uh, definitely I stretch when I get up. I'm big into stretching, big into like quick little 10 to 15 mobility routines. Um, I try to go out for actually quick little walks first thing in the morning. Like sometimes if I because I wake up with a pep in my step, like I, I feel I, I don't wake up like slow. I wake up like ready to go. I'm got a lot of energy. So first thing I might even, you know, not even make a coffee or tea, just get a bottle of water, head in my car and go for a long quick or a quick drive to some place where I can get a quick hour of walking or hiking in. Cause I think it's just a great way to start today. And sunlight is one of the best natural forms of energy boosts. Like just to wake up, like instead of coffee or an energy drink, just get yeah. some sunlight. Yeah, just get outside. Get outside yeah. the confines of your your bedroom or your house, and just realize the world is your playground. So, right on. So 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 you start off with a walk, get some sun, and then you or I mean a warm, you a your... warm shower always works too. But <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and and then what is your wind down ritual at night? Um, honestly, it, the best in terms of like calming myself down and just relaxing prior to going to bed. Just watching something that might be really educational, maybe another long, strenuous form of mobility or stretching. And sometimes I'll bike for up to 30 minutes to an hour right before bed, and it just gets me completely exhausted, and then I can go to bed soundly. Yeah. Wow, right on. Sounds pretty sweet. So basically morning and, and evening cardio to help wind down. Oh, yeah. Out. I'm... Uh, I'm very strong in terms of like weight training, but I think cardiovascular health is in way more important because you got to test your heart because a lot of people don't test their heart in terms of cardiac, you know, st stimulus. And then also at the same time, 
you can never not have enough conditioning. Oh yeah. I mean, you, there is a you can get it can be detrimental if you're losing crazy amounts of weight, but you're probably just doing it too much for your own good, and you're not spacing it out properly. For sure. And how many? So you basically do cardio five to seven days a week, basically. Yeah, right? I would say minimums. Yeah, I would say seven days a week. I try not to because there's slow state and there's you know steady there's slow or steady state whatever and then yeah. But like, and then I would say there's hit. There's steady state, and then there's hiking. Hiking's a totally different. Hiking might be hit, it might be slow state, because it's like, I don't know what my heart rate is. I haven't measured it or seen how what the variability is and like how it spikes and how it drops. But I'm gonna tell you right now, there's points during hikes where you're dying, and then there's points yeah. where you're very mellow and you're in the zone and you're just carrying yourself. So yeah, yeah, and I've actually I can um, attest to that when I when me and my friends have hiked Benson. Cause I like to do it cause it's super challenging. I don't do it often. I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a regular hiker like, like yourself, yeah. but I like to challenge myself. Um, Benson, I, I wear my Fitbit. That's what I used to track. Nice. I don't really care about the overall activity or anything like that. Right now I've shifted like yourself. I'm all about the steps and the heart rate, making sure the heart rate gets high when I do train or when I'm doing a hike. But like you said, when I was doing Benson, my heart rate, would go as high as 140 or up Absolutely. or it would go as low as 90 to or between 90 and 100 or lower in the within the 80s yeah and the thing with hiking and like doing trails or, or going to places you haven't experienced quite yet you're not just physically challenging yourself but mentally you're trying to psychologically keep yourself under control right because mm -hmm. you're about to go somewhere where you're unsure of the ground you're well there's just all sorts of factors like animals you got to be aware of all the animals other people and that's another thing with this whole like social distancing you got to like keep yourself under control like in terms of me i don't care like there could be five people around me i'm not uneasy about it at all i don't really care but there's other people who are super hyper aware of where you are and they're gonna make sure you know about it or they're gonna avoid you at all costs no for sure and i noticed um on some of your posts or maybe some of your instagram posts yep. that you um, you're doing a vitamin D post because, um, oh, uh, yeah, that's just cause I, I knew it already, but once the Dr. Rhonda Patrick went on that, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. and basically re reiterated what everyone with common sense and like wellness and all that knew. Yeah. You gotta ha get your vitamin D. It's, it's a terrible fact that 70 plus percent of the world or whatever is vitamin D deficient. And it's just an easy thing especially if there's all sorts of things out there like the coronavirus that can physically physiologically affect you negatively what's mm. wrong with taking a little bit of extra vitamin d in the morning instead of you know avoiding it yeah no for sure and i saw in your post you, you yeah. recommend if you're an athlete or you're training pretty vigorously to do four to five thousand ius a day that's what she recommended some i have friends that are taking ten thousand but oh my um, goodness I would say yeah if, especially how accredited she is and how much she knows and how well known she is 4,000 is nothing it's just especially here in Canada we have a lot of good brands that sell the tablets and thousand uh, I use per tablet so you getting 4,000 is nothing where in the states I know some of their brands they only about do about 2,000 per tablet so you're gonna have to mix and match and make your own little proportions no no for sure and because yeah because I can tell you right now I started upping my vitamin D um, within the last two weeks. Holy freaking smokes. My yeah. energy's off the charts. Oh, yeah. If I told you 
and I don't know how long we have, but if I told you exactly what I take every day, like in terms of eating and nutrition, you'd be like, whoa, this kid or this guy doesn't, doesn't leave any stone unturned. Like I try to not, I try to, what's called, um, yeah, I try to hit all my check boxes or mark all my boxes. Yeah. No, for sure. Like your nutritional markers or biomarkers. Um, yeah, I, I try to not make any mistakes in terms of that stuff. And I think it's really easy. Like people think it's difficult that you're taking a bunch, take stuff or like you got to consume a bunch. But if you do it and you don't do it crammed, it's pretty easy. Oh, by crammed, do you mean like people that try do and do, yeah. yeah, like in like intermittent fasting or and stuff like that? that? It's just like people like, oh, you need to take like, for instance, cognitive ability. I'm big into that. I think that's really important. Like not only getting adequate sleep and being well hydrated and drinking enough water. Like those are little things that everybody avoids or just a, fair, a huge percentage but right. taking fish oil every day, it's it's not that difficult. It's not that hard. You just take one or two, three tablets a morning and boom, you hit your omega-3 um, levels and you're good. You don't have to worry as much. Your, your mental capacity is going to increase. Your memory is not going to fade with age as fast as it would. And then there's a bunch of other stuff you can do to prevent those sorts of things and improve your overall cognitive ability. But fish oil is just one of the easiest things because yeah. we all know not a lot of people eat fish. And no one's getting high quality food in terms of like what they're uh, available to buy at the grocery store unless you really go out of your way in terms of your thinking. So take some fish oil. No, for sure. And I can tell you again from taking fish oil because I was off of it for a little while because I got because I can't swallow pills. I suck with pills. Mm -hmm. I got the Seelicious brand or the just that Omega 3 brand. Yep. And holy smokes, man my memory and then my energy just from those two supplements alone. And then, you know, you know, as clean eating as I can get with the whole food, clean eating, like has been tremendous. Okay. I have more energy now and I'm more mentally sharp now at 25 than I was at 17 where people yeah. think it's supposed to be like peaking or whatever or 18. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not even close. I'm a different human being now. Yeah. And all I did was just, I didn't do anything crazy. I just, was more accountable more disciplined and just more than not or more often than not i just ate what i should be eating drink as much water as i should be drinking and not i don't want to say supplements but just got the minerals and vitamins and minerals i should be having in my body where if your diet doesn't suffice to have those levels reached you got to take some supplements yeah for sure and do you currently count macros or do you just count um, overall so I, calories I, I in, calories out? Yeah, I used to. I used to count macros, do the whole thing. Had to learn the the terminologies and the math, like carbs are four or whatever, fats yeah. seven, proteins four, all that. But I've done it so many times now that I literally can just do the math instantaneously in my head and I can eyeball everything. So I, I can That's generally awesome. basically sum or what's it called guess guesstimate yeah. how much each thing is. So I can look at like an eight ounce um, chicken breasts and hold it in my hands and know that it's between six and eight ounces instead of yeah. always having to weigh it. And the thing yeah, is, yeah. If, you're, if you're within a couple hundred calories of what your goal, some of the day's worth of food is, you should be fine. You don't have yeah. to be attacked unless yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. prepping for a show or something. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I've always, I've, I've been experimenting with over the years. And I, I, I know I can't count calories like all the time. It's just so tedious, but what I've learned though is if I if I, if I continually and consistently focus on the right foods, 
which I'm, I'm always the most, um, consistent when I meal prep, like on a Sunday and yep. I'll do like literally That's seven good. meals, right? Like yourself, like I'll just, I'll go balls to the wall on cooking and I'll literally spend two and a half, three hours or more. Oh yeah. I've seen some of your, uh, your, <laughs> yeah, you eat yeah. good. Yeah. You yeah. Eat good. Yeah. 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 And I'm, I'm continually refining it because, you know, my, my well, lady likes to, I, like no, to indulge once in a while. So yeah, there's no one diet that fits everybody. Like everybody. No. And the thing is you all, just because it's good for you, if you can't tolerate it and it doesn't taste that great, you have to tweak it some way. You do. You do. Lucky for me, I kind of eat, eat everything. So <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, and I can relate to to you there as well. Like I'm, um, I've been, I don't know. It's weird. Like foods that I used to not like, like I've never been a huge fan of vegetables, but I know which vegetables that I love and I stick with those consistently. And that's and, good because it's yeah. like better than not eating anything. Exactly. Yeah. But dude, it's like the whole, that's what my, that's what my brand is all about. It's maximizing human performance physically and mentally and that's because a little yeah. bit of everything is better than a whole lot of something that you only do occasionally. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's how consistency comes. Right. And, um, and, and another way that I keep myself accountable that I've been experimenting with, I don't know if you've ever heard of the app called habit, no. but cause I'm big cause, cause my thing that drives me up the wall is when I'm, when I'm lacking consistency in my priority list. Yeah. So like you said, the first things that I got to knock off my list every day are my mental well-being and my physical well-being. Those are number one and two, physical mm -hmm. and mental. How I do it mentally, how I prep mentally is I meditate every day for five minutes, first nice. thing. And then at the end of the day after work, because I, I, I was fortunate enough, I was able to, I'm, I'm able to work earlier, do like a 7 a.m. to 3. That yep. is my prime, like biological prime time. Um, you found, you found a like, period of time where you work more optimally than later yeah. or earlier. Yeah. Exactly. That's like my, my sweet spot where it's not too early. It's not too, and it's not too late where I'm like feeling like, oh my God, like I'm missing my entire evening. I'm not getting to my, my, my stuff. And then, and then I like to do my weight training. Yeah. Try and do that. Like after my meal or my, yeah, my meal in between dinner or, or dinner right after yeah, work you so. got to find what works best for you and how often and how frequently you can do it because if you can't do it frequently and it's chaotic then it's not really it's not measurable anyways so because you're just doing something different every no time. exactly yeah but i'm telling you this habit app is mm -hmm. uh, i used to track my habits in a, in a google spreadsheet and i did that yep. for about six seven months and then i'm like because i'm all i'm always about okay how can i how can i automate my routine as much as i can but how can I simplify it and dumb it down even more? Absolutely. That's exactly it. Yeah. Cause that's what makes, that's what makes my consistency stick. So what I did was I transitioned from the Google spreadsheet, uh, for my daily routine and I transitioned to this habit app. And basically all it is, is it's basically checkbox. Cause I love anything with a checkbox that I can just click and it's like, boom, it's done. I mark, I mark it off. Right. It's just, you're just like, bam, bam, bam. You get that done. And it works super well. And the reason I love it, because I'm a visual learner, color-coded. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's incredible. And then the next one that I'm experimenting with, uh, probably th this weekend, is called, because um, the way my mind works is like a flowchart or a mind map. So I okay. have all these abstract ideas right, that are coming to my head through my head, especially creative ideas, 
you know, like this podcast and my blog and all these things that have kind of been evolving over time. And sometimes you're and just working on too many things at once and you kind of want to categorize them. Exactly. Exactly. Cause it, cause yeah. Exactly. So um, what I'm finding, especially this week, and because I'm two weeks basically back into at to work, I started last week, last yeah. Tuesday, and it's been a little overwhelming because I'm basically doing three jobs at work. So one okay. job, but they basically three positions because we, we're down to three yeah, so staff out of, out of eight. The amount of tasks. So oh, oh I so I, I'm really, I'm really struggling mentally because I'm, because I'm, because it's, it's what you call uh, divergent thinking. That's when you've got three concepts or ideas um, or thoughts or three separate thought processes that are, they might be fairly, fairly similar in nature, but you still have to do different thinking for each one. So that's, what's really kind of been throwing me a curveball these last few weeks is I, I am adjusting, but I'm just, I'm, I'm noticing my mental fatigue is at an all time high. <laughs> no, I totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yeah. And, uh, one thing I've always wanted to ask you was what would you say are some of your top strength feats in the gym for your lifts? Uh, I mean, I've had a torn ACL for like four years, but before that, um, like when I was 20, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever reached my physical potential and I'm still, you know, striving for that and who isn't, who trains consistently. But like in terms of like things I've done that I thought were rather incredible was like um, when I was 20, I did a f couple squat programs and, you know, strength went up pretty fast. So for a guy who doesn't have 10 years training under my belt, I've done some things that I thought were rather interesting. So like I don't use a belt when I squat. So um I have a pretty naturally strong core and a strong lower back. So prior to all my injuries, I box squatted to almost, I would say 90 degrees, 545 pounds raw, no, no knee wraps, no nothing with like damn near perfect form. I've a uh, pin squat, which is just like a squat at the top half of the movement. I've done like upwards to 700 pounds. And this is like not with any professional coaching or like, any stringent regime or program. It's just me figuring out what I understand and what I can implement into my own programs I make up for myself. Right. Um, I mean, I'm a pretty strong guy. I'm not too heavy. Like I'm around, I hover between 190 to 195 pounds. And then like I'm at the top end, I'm like 215 pounds. And I've, I can bench press like 225, like 20 times at least all the time year round. Holy sweet. So like, like the other, before this, um, before this coronavirus, I went six plus months without bench pressing because my focus was on, um, prehab for my ACL. So I didn't touch a bench press. I probably did it three or four times in like a year. And then I said, screw it. Let's do a floor pressing bench press program. And I floor pressed pretty, pretty easily, I would say 350 pounds right the week before this virus hit. So it would have been more by now, but you know, the virus hit. So I'll just have to work back up to what that was. Yeah. Holy and like, smoke. And to me, people might hear these numbers and be like, God, that's pretty incredible. I'm like, but me, I didn't think at the time when I done these things that they were that impressive. And now that I can look back, I'm like, whoa, that is actually a lot of weight. Whoa, I did really do that pretty easily. Imagine if I did it like for a living or imagine if I had no interruptions or no injuries It's yeah. just along those lines. And the thing is I relatively stay lean. Like I bounce between like, I want to say under 15% body fat year round. 
between 15 and like 10. So it's, I don't get crazy heavy, but I can get pretty heavy. Like when I did get injured, I was playing fullback and I weighed around 236 pounds. And by the end of that year, five months, or not the end of that year, but by the time football season uh, uh, came back, which was July, it was about five months later, I had dropped from 236 pounds to 188 and I was stronger and I was leaner and I was faster. Oh my God. So I was, that was a pretty incredible year in terms of training, but it was also very difficult and challenging in terms of injuries. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Cause you're taking your body through the ringer. Oh yeah. I was going crazy, going ham. (laughs) That's awesome. And then what would be your, your, what was your lift for your, your deadlift? Um, I've never really gone too heavy with the deadlift. I mean, I, I've, uh, like two, three years ago, I hadn't deadlifted for almost two years and I just pulled 515 pounds off the floor raw. Just, you know, just no belt, just, just my hands. <laughs> so that, wow. that was pretty good. I mean, I probably shouldn't have done it and it was, the form was pretty good, but it was just not as fast as I'd like it to be. I mean, I have incredible grip, like for a guy that's 200 plus pounds, I can bomb off 20 to 25 uh, overhand pull-ups, like with perfect form, fully extended, oh my God. dead stop. So I know for a fact I have a pretty strong back and pretty strong grip. And a fun fact about me is I have a, re- a rather interesting shaped body. I'm just a hair under six feet tall, but my wingspan is in excess of six foot four. So I have oh. to work really hard to lock out weights and to pull and do all those things. So yeah, that's why long I like bench pressing well over 300 pounds is actually rather exceptional because I don't have T-Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. Wow. Yeah. I got really long arms. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, to, to finish it off, how does YouTube come into the mix of your career or your, uh, yeah, I just, one of your uh, personal interests? Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel. I'm not, I haven't th- stopped thinking about that. But uh, basically, primarily with YouTube, I just... I'm known around the athlete community as the guy who makes YouTube videos. So a lot of people reach out playing not just football, but other sorts of sports. They are all pretty local. Like the furthest person that's ever asked me to make a highlight reel for them was probably like Vancouver or Ontario. And it's just because they knew me through a friend or a friend, something like that. And I just, I'm pretty good at making highlight reels for football players and sports guys. So that's where YouTube comes into play. Yeah, highlight make, reels that's that's yeah, super I make, cool I make athlete highlight reels for college scouting a lot i've done that for, i've been doing that since i was in high school holy smokes yeah so that's that's helped me too that's helped me get in touch with coaches get in touch with other players and just help me in terms of connecting with people now that now that is freaking sweet man because like what you're what you're at, you what for it. it's, it's quick quick couple bucks so. oh yeah because you're because you're uh so how many subscribers well, I, do you have Oh, not even. I like have a little over a hundred. I have, I have wait, like no one that I that knows me. Like I know plenty of people, but no one uses YouTube. So <laughs> I get plenty oh. of views. Like I've gotten the occasional view that's got several thousand clicks, but it's Canada. There's not many of us. We're all not. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, we're true. all spaced out. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's so cool, though. And you were mentioning that you, you, uh, you know, not not now, but like you know, previously, you've, you've done like five jobs. Now, were they all yeah. construction related or is no, it like uh, so, mixed? So, I mean, I'm not going to tell my whole life story, but like to summarize, basically last year, I had gotten to a place where I was, you know, life was difficult. Football was completely over or not last year, I guess two years ago. So 2017, because the last year I played football was 2016, leading into 2017. 
And then I said, you know what? You got nothing really planned. The leg is still bothering you. You need to get it repaired. So let's just stop. I, I mean, I'm not a very distracted person, but I basically said, let's eliminate all distractions. Let's just focus on me and my family and helping out my mom and all that stuff. So I applied at one place, got another job, and then some of them were family jobs. But then I realized, well, you already work like two, three jobs. So you're on call for one and you work two basically full time. Why not just work as often and as frequently as possible, save as money as much possible. That way, when you do take your big year off for your rehab, you're not going to be stressed financially. And at the same time, you're just going to it's going to be deserved, basically. So at one point, I was employed by my uncle's forestry company, which is like one of the biggest one of the second or if not third biggest uh, tree removal services on in the on the island, at least. And then I also was full-time slash on-call employed for two granite companies that were renovation companies through friends of friends. So like dads of friends of mine. So, and I was like one of their go, go, go to guys. So I was just a really good worker. So at any point in time, they could call me throughout the day to do a quick few hour job or just work the full day with them. I also worked uh, full-time for the Salvation Army six days a week. I ran their furniture warehouse and did all their social media and whatnot. And then I also was working nights at the what's called the husky so i was getting graveyards in so i was put i was putting in sometimes four 16 hour shifts a day and that's Holy. not even driving around so yeah i've gone Incredible. i've gone, I've gone for, like for a guy that's a huge advocate of health and fitness uh, i've gone four days without sleep before but it is what it is yeah. oh my god yeah. you gotta and do I, what you gotta do right is i'm I'm, I don't drink, so I'm like drinking only water, so I'm stupidly hydrated. With all this, all these jobs, it keeps me really accountable in terms of nutrition, so I'm eating what I should be eating. So that's, that's why, though, like working that much and that frequently for that many people, it, first of all, mentally, I was just able to like just be able to prioritize what was important and what wasn't. And at the same time, I just eat well enough that I do have a crazy amount of energy and physically I wasn't being affected the way I wanted to be or could have been affected or should have been. Yeah. I was able to do the jobs. Yeah. And also because I've worked so many, I would say far more difficult jobs, like in terms of construction and like difficulty and like, I guess, stress impl in, in implemented by my employers that those jobs weren't that difficult in hindsight. Yeah. So you've really developed that mental and physical fortitude yeah, over the years. Yeah, I think what's given me a huge edge on some people is just I've always worked since high school. I've never taken a year off really for work besides injuries. And even then, I'm still working hard to like read and write and rehab. So I'm still working. And then, um, yeah, I just I like having multiple things to do. And I like challenging myself physically and intellectually. Or other people, they might be a full-time student, but they've never had a job. Or they might yeah. be a I'm worker, but they don't do anything besides work and go home and sleep or drink or whatever it may be. So yeah, yeah, no, not, I hear you. They're not actually that hardworking. <laughs> yeah, you need to. I feel like you know, working's one thing, but what the work that really begins is after you work. Oh yeah, it's because I, I, everyone's I, got their everyone's got their thing. But for myself especially, I need to continually challenge myself creatively and cognitively outside of oh, work. Oh, absolutely. And it's just some people don't want to challenge themselves either out of fear or they just 
just can't it just they just can't contemplate it yeah yeah they're just they're, there's um i feel like mo most people just aren't necessarily there yet they haven't gone through enough experiences or they haven't yeah. witnessed that's something that's made them change like, their mindset yeah yeah that's where my injuries were like a blessing in disguise and later on as the years went by i can reflect and see how they were maybe not in the moment i was obviously like anybody else like stressed out slash a little upset with myself and like blaming why saying those things like why me and all that but oh yeah, yeah. a very optimistic person so i was able to work past that immediately where other people it's just they just downward spiral basically for yeah. sure and to close off the uh, the episode today alex um what would be a statement or a phrase to describe your motto or your persona your audience <laughs> i mean i got so many <laughs> obviously you just gotta i mean if it was in terms of like let's say your approach in terms of working and business and how you want it to affect you not negatively and positively i would say no amount of money will do you any good if you can't decide how to effectively use the time you have available to work closer towards the things you really wish to do very well said very well said that's basically how i feel because everybody has to work, hopefully, and then everybody's got to pay the bills and whatnot. But if that's ultimately not, if you don't like what you're doing, you got to find a way out realistically. Yeah. For sure. But thanks for joining us today, buddy. Oh, uh, really cool. awesome to have you on the podcast. And uh, I've been wanting to connect with you for a while. I always like to, you know, you know, um, follow up, see how people are doing. And especially my, you know, my, 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 uh, friends and colleagues that I used to go to school with or play sports with. And, uh, yeah, just want to see what's changed and, uh, what's oh, evolving. Yeah. Everybody's on their own path and some people are further along and some people are just starting. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right on, man. Well, appreciate you sharing your story and, uh, yeah, I really look awesome, forward man. to, uh, I love to hearing your, uh, the rest of your life. Yeah. You too. All story, right. Uh, soon. Cheers. All right, man. Take care. You too. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed this special guest series episode brought to you by RadioGuestList.com. Again, this is your host, Alex Muir. And if you'd like to learn more about kind of what I do and this podcast, Mindset Podcast, um, you can check me out on my social media. I always post all my links of my social media in every episode that I post. And I share all my posts, uh, my podcast posts on my LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So you'll be able to check out the podcast links on there. So if you want to connect with me, get to know me, I will be answering messages on there um, if you have any questions. And again, if you want to hear more episodes like these or if you have any feedback, please let me know. Uh, in uh, on social media you can send me a message or you can uh, yeah feel free to follow my uh, podcast and uh, be sure to you know keep keep checking in and see what I'm what I'm up to I really appreciate everyone that listens to my podcast and uh, hope you guys all enjoyed and see y'all next time take care